it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. Nice way to start the week with, uh, I don't know, Matt, uh, is this a blizzard? I, I'd uh, I'd classify it as a, a winter storm, yes. but yeah, a, a blizzard. It, as we sit here on on Devonshire Drive, looking out the window, not really looking forward to our drive home later tonight. But Steve, you've already had an eventful day on the road, so I'm just glad you're here. I got in the car this morning at 7 a.m. in uh, just north of Detroit City, mm-hmm. Motown. Normally, that's about a you know with a stop for lunch. That's about a six-hour mm-hmm. venture, and. Uh, Got in the car at 7 and pulled into town at 4.30 <laughs> this afternoon. So, uh, and there's no great way to, to get there, but I did the uh, 80, 94, mm-hmm. 57 yeah. thing, and uh, I spent an hour on about five miles of I-80 there for a while. But the worst part of it was the last 45 minutes or so from Gilman on down, mm-hmm. the, the way the wind was blowing, it was, it, it was kind of a whiteout situation, and... For the life of me, I don't understand that, but it sounded like my dad used to sound, okay? You, you know you're getting old when you start to sound like your dad. Turn your lights on, people. <laughs> Golly, how many, how many people drive? It's, you know, it's, the visibility's not good anyway, mm-hmm. even though it's daylight. It's not sunny. No. And uh, so many people drive with no lights on. Okay, I feel better there now. We're just glad you're here, Steve. Yeah. Well, it's amazing how... Many people forget how to drive in snow when it happens every year. True. Yeah, they're not uh, not trained for it, I guess. And some people say, well, it doesn't bother me. I'm just going to blow by everybody at 80. And then other people go the opposite way and go mm-hmm. too slow. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's uh, there I go with my dad again. But the Northwestern should be... Are they in Champaign right now, Scott? Tuesday night's basketball game for the fifth-ranked Illini is still happening as of 27 hours before tip on Tuesday night. Yeah, well... Um, I reached out to the Northwestern SID to make sure the info that we got from Brad Underwood was correct because he was only fairly certain of the plan. But the idea was for Northwestern to leave earlier than they would typically for this game, get down to Champaign at some point today, and then have their last practice at Ubin Basketball Complex to kind of avoid uh, the, the travel issues. Because so, Illinois was practicing at State Farm Center, and which is typical mm-hmm. the day before a home game. So that that way there's a room, there's a place for Northwestern to get in some work. So they would have their their Monday practice in Champaign instead of Evanston. Yeah. Okay. For a Tuesday game. Yeah. So that that was the plan as Brett Underwood knew it at about two o'clock this afternoon. So I reached out to get some confirmation, but I mean that that makes sense because uh, it's not a long drive from Evanston, but definitely get, would be longer yeah, in this type of weather. Especially with what I discovered on the the most difficult part of my drive today was the last mm-hmm. 45 minutes or an hour coming down 57. But anyway, Bob Osmussen with us as well. He's smart. He stayed home. <laughs> How you doing, Robert? I'm doing great. Hey, it's funny. Valentine's Day and Northwestern 
and bad weather. Steve, you know what that has in common, right? 1990 ice storm. Yes. And when we played Northwestern that night, somehow I got home, not sure how. I think I broke a lot of little walls <laughs> that night, but uh, Steve probably did too. But we, that's so funny. It's come around again a couple of days later, but same thing, and you're still worried about it. I'm glad you made it, Steve. I, I assume you're going to see your, uh, your grandson, correct? That is correct. And back in 1990, he was two years old, so I remember that situation too. But yeah, we went up uh, just Saturday after the Saturday show, and then the quick trip up and the quick trip back, but spent a day and a half or so uh, with Hudson, who is nine months old now. So he's. Oh, wow, uh, that's awesome. Is he already ready for you know Cardinal baseball? Oh yeah, this, uh, this upcoming season. I could show you a picture after we're done. All right, that's that's the highlight of the show with the Cardinal hat on. There I, you go, raising them right I, here. I got a couple. Oh, sorry, I got. I don't want to talk up you. A couple more, uh, Steve. First of all, happy birthday early. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Your birthday sure. was in the paper uh, in, in Sunday's paper. Oh. We did not put the age in there this time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. It is what it Unlike is. Just a number. Days. It's oh, tomorrow, by I the like way. The and uh, uh, the other thing, I was—I had something else in my head. Uh, oh, I wanted to thank our, our listeners for last week. I asked for people to call, uh, email me about the, the head season tickets. I had a great response from people, and that's going in the favor. I think Wednesday, right, Matt? Right now, it that's is. Now. Yes. Yeah, Wednesday. So I got a great response from people. They're really open about it. So I want to thank. So our listeners are awesome. I, just, uh, I know that already. But another reminder that they are. So they actually listen to us and they respond. So that's kind of cool. Well, give us a hint of what they said. Well, most of well, honestly, all of them, and Matt's probably read it already. Most they're all ready to come back to games, and they're all they're all re-upped. They're all ready to come back. And they're all excited about it because obviously the new coaching staff. But they also understand that it's not going to be as normal. They get that. They also get that you're going to have to wear masks and you might not be able to sit like you wanted to in the old normal seats. Might be moved. But they're reasonable about it. And I'm not surprised, but I think it's kind of funny because the combination of the pandemic and also the new coaching staff, creates a dilemma because normally if you're Illinois right now, you're selling seats based on him. I mean, you're getting them out there. Sure. You're having them talk off of it and you're going to, and you're going to go great guns. Now they would have started their season ticket sales a month ago or several weeks ago, but they can't because it's They don't know what the status is going to be, but I assume everybody kind of assumes there'll be some version of fans in the stands for football. It's so much easier really than basketball because you're outside and so I think everybody's pretty optimistic. There'll be some, but the question is how many. And we'll, I guess we'll, we'll know more. I mean, if people are getting vaccinated at a high level, I got my first shot uh, Friday of last week. So actually, bad news for you guys. I'll be back in the studio in a month or so. So Good deal. That's great. So I'm sorry. About, yeah, I'll, I'll be back in a month. So. We'll, we'll make sure to give you a tour of the place and let you know where everything's <laughs> at, Bob. All right. I have no idea. Actually, I don't think I've ever actually signed in on my computer at my desk. Maybe once or twice, but not, I am not sure what to do. It'll be interesting, but but I can't wait. Actually, yeah. we do. I'll, have... I'll stop talking. About it. No, it's weird. Scott and I got Scott gave me headphones today. They're called noise canceling headphones because we knew you were coming back in the office, Bob. So, wow, got me slander. Probably, probably <laughs> mean but true. I'm kidding, Bob. I'm kidding. Mean but true. 
356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk. And we've got a call right now. Let's go to Neil. Hey, Neil, I haven't heard from you for a while. Well, I've been away for a while. So I want to ask Mr. Ritchie, do you think Illinois can make a um, number one seed? I know it's going to be very difficult because they got to have to play Ohio State and Michigan. But do you think that it's possible? Because I saw last week on the bracket that they got them in the bracket with Baylor. I don't know if they want to play Baylor. Yeah, I would avoid Baylor at all costs <laughs> if I was Illinois. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but uh, like you mentioned, it's going to be tough. I mean, Illinois is going to have to pass one of Michigan and Ohio State, at least as things stand right now. Of course, they do play Ohio State once more, um, the last game of the regular season, uh, and should, could, probably will play Michigan at some point if that game gets rescheduled. So there's opportunities to get ahead of them, but um, I mean, that's the only I think, the only way to you know, avoid Baylor at this point, um, because I mean, as the top number two seed, Illinois shouldn't be playing Baylor with the the S curve that the tournament's using. But the fact that Michigan and Ohio State are both the number one seeds and in the Big Ten, that the conference issues kind of still shift things there. So, uh, yeah, more wins the better for Illinois. One more question: Are they going to have a Big Ten tournament? I, I gather not, but you know better than I do. Yeah, they're going to play. Brad Underwood kind of reemphasized that uh, today. I mean, they're going to it's moving from Chicago to Indianapolis, so they can just kind of have the seamless transition to the NCAA tournament uh, there in Indiana. But uh, of course, I mean, it's it's still a few weeks away. Things could change uh, in a hurry, but the plan is, is to have it. Okay, well, thank you very much for taking my call, and you guys have a safe, 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 safe trip going home tonight. Thanks for taking my time we'll do it. for my call. Thanks, you, Neil. We appreciate it. Thanks. The Illini in the AP poll up to uh, number five. You mentioned uh, Michigan and Ohio State right ahead at three and four, and I watched some of the uh, Michigan game yesterday. They weren't uh, too uh, Rusty at all once the second half started. They were down by 14 early in the second half, but they look still look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, down 14 and then come back and win almost by double figures mm-hmm. um, on the road at Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, so the three weeks-ish that they were off did not seem to affect anything that they were doing. They just kind of picked up right where they left off, and where they left off is playing pretty good basketball. They've got to play Ohio State yet, too. Ohio State has to play both Michigan and Illinois in the final two or three weeks of the season. Yeah, and they play this weekend, actually, yes. as mm-hmm. well. So um, that'll be an interesting game. Of course, uh, Michigan plays Rutgers first this week, so maybe Scarlet Knights pull the upset. But it uh, could be a an really interesting top-five matchup um, this weekend between Michigan and Ohio State. How about Nebraska after the Illinois game? They, <laughs> they win a game over a, a Penn State team that's been up and down. Yeah, and yeah, I guess you know Nebraska was close, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, to beating Illinois. But you know their twenty-six game Big Ten losing streak is now over. Um, so that means Northwestern has the longest <laughs> active losing streak in the conference at eleven games, and um, odds are that reaches twelve tomorrow. All I'm hoping for tomorrow night is not a, another eight p.m. overtime game that has happened twice this month so yeah, far. With your Illinois. lips to God's ears. <laughs> I just because it's not it's not an eight p.m. start either. Like the Nebraska game started at eight twelve, and then it went overtime. And like I'd like just like a little bit of time to think about what I'm writing and just hope it all makes, rather than hoping it all makes sense as I 
to sort of go into like a blackout phase and you know string words together. 522, if you'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk, we're here until 6, 356-9397 is the phone number. We'll take our first time out. I'll be back with more. We'll talk some, some more Illinois basketball, some Illinois football as well here on DWS. Back after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk with you here until 6 o'clock this evening on DWS. Glad you're with us. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to jump in. Illinois number five in the Big Ten, or rather in the AP rankings. Is that where you had them, Scott? Yeah, I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The majority of the voters actually had Illinois at number five, so uh, I'm no more homer than the rest of them. But no... and it was not because they eked out a win yeah, against Nebraska. It was solely because Villanova lost by 16 to Creighton. So they dropped and Illinois moved up. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah and I think I saw it. Great uh, down, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, there's a, there's a photo of a Creighton basketball player in, uh, in tomorrow's News Gazette right now. Excellent. Well, Scott's ballot, he was, besides the five with Illinois, which was perfect. He had Creighton in the eight, which was also perfect. So Scott's ballot was, I would say, the best of all the ballots this week. Well, and no I think, question. and I sorry. Thumbs up to Scott. Sorry, Bob, there. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But it, I remember reading uh, Big Ten sends out their weekly kind of press release of news and notes and things like that in upcoming games. And I looked at it real quick before moving on to something else, but I'm pretty sure the lead note on that was that Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, it's the first time the Big Ten's had three teams in the top five of the AP poll since the AP poll was established. I think Wow. I think it might be what you said mm-hmm. this late in the season. Okay, yes. Good, think, good, good, yeah. good, good point there, Steve. Mm-hmm. What he said this <laughs> late in the season, and that poll's been going on since 1949, mm-hmm. so as, as you mentioned. So that's pretty good stuff there. Big Ten tournament, let's go back to that. Um, let's kick around the pros and cons of, of – even having it, what do you, where do you fall on that, Scott Ritchie? Well, I guess a pro of having it is they get to play more basketball games than right. the best conference in the country. Um, con, uh, if by some chance some player contracts COVID nineteen and that team is NCAA tournament bound, that could end your season right then and there, depending on contract tracing and. What have you? So uh, a big con, but I think of course you got that same con the next week when the NCAA tournament starts. Yeah, I think moving the tournament to Indy, getting into the not quite a bubble controlled environment. I think you know Brad and I kind of talked about that a little bit this afternoon. Is they're going to be pretty well just locked down, um, just staying in the hotel and only really leaving to go either practice, which will for the NCAA tournament at least, and like. Not sure how the Big Ten is going to do this, but it's going to be at the in- Indianapolis Convention Center, which just has, where you can set up twenty some courts. Um, so, really, only leaving to do that or to play. Um, so, the Big Ten is now has all fourteen teams playing again for the first time in a long time. So, you know, maybe fingers crossed and knock on wood and whatever else you want to do, rub your lucky rabbit's foot, they can just maintain that through the rest of the season and get through 
a conference tournament and then into, end into the NCAA tournament without uh, any further issue. Well, I'll be curious to see, too, because the tournament's moved to Lucas Oil Stadium, correct? Yes. It's not at Bankers Live Fieldhouse. Yes. So. Well, because the, well, the women's mm-hmm. tournament's happening essentially the same time. And I know the Big Ten has been – they've been following the state's guidelines when it comes to spectators and, and attendance, but I'd be curious if the Big Ten decides to actually have fans – at the Big Ten tournament at Lucas Oil because it is such a large venue. And are they going to set up two courts at once, or is that just for the NCAA tournament? That's a good question. I mean, even if they do have two courts set up, they'll only play, play one. one at a time. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a matter of having a quicker turnover in between games. Just, I would just be curious if they would want to try to bring in limited number of fans just from a revenue standpoint just to try to make some money off of it. I know it's not going to be – a huge chunk of change but it, it's something might be better than nothing but then again you have the prospect that i'm sure coaches since they haven't really played in front of fans uh pretty much all season they don't want to run the risk that close to the NCAA tournament and it's curious to you know kind of big picture with college basketball and we're talking about the big 10 tournament but you'd have to think some of these low major to mid major teams and again i say that with a caveat that they pretty much know every year in a normal time that conference tournaments are their only way to get into the NCAA tournament but if you're a ninth place team in the Patriot League or a last place team in the SWAC like do you really want to go play at a conference tournament and I mean you could go on a run I guess that's the the carrot that's dangling at the end but everything that they've had to go through this season do you really just want to keep it's almost like with college football, what happened last fall when you saw a bunch of teams decline bowl invitations, and I know the NCAA tournament's the big centerpiece of the entire organization and the huge money maker, but it's just—I don't know. I think it'd have to—I think it'd have to be at least a conversation for some teams. I mean, you can look at it one of two ways: either you get to that point, and you know this season's just been so st- stressful and mm-hmm. nothing like a normal season. It's like let's just be done, or you get to that point. It's like, well, we've gone through <laughs> months of just. You know, being on lockdown, essentially not seeing families, mm-hmm. um, that let's just keep it keep it going as long as possible. Well, and, and one point uh, adding on to this, and Scott touches on it tomorrow in, in a story uh, ahead of uh, tomorrow night's game against Northwestern where he kind of addresses the Big Ten as a whole and, and just the uncertainty that they're having in terms of their schedule the rest of the way out. But one item of note that I thought was really interesting is, and kind of going back on the mental side of things, is that what Saturday morning at 3 a.m. the Illinois team had to take a COVID test when they got back to Champaign because they had a late departure from from Lincoln on Friday night. Yeah, like so, they had to the plane had to be de-iced, so they I guess sat on the either at the airport or on the runway in the mm-hmm. plane for an hour after the game. Then you know, they got back at you know, between 2:30 and 3. You know, they test every day; those tests have to be in submitted by nine o'clock. So instead of sleeping for four or five hours mm-hmm. then waking up to do that they they tested at the airport just to get it out of the way so they could maybe get a, a good morning's sleep before they reconvene for some afternoon film now i know why i would assume i was a big fan of naps this season yeah no kidding <laughs> bob do you have an opinion on the big 10 tournament well yeah i definitely think they should try to play because i think those are more games as scott said against quality opponents so and you're not going to get hurt a team like Illinois, if they lose a game in that tournament, that is not going to hurt them at all. Uh, one thing I would I would worry about, I, I understand that uh, Matt's right, it would be great to have some fans in there, make some money, but I think that's a risk I wouldn't take. Uh, I think at this point, 
get to get to the term get to the big tournament. So have have the games. It didn't matter. The atmosphere is not going to matter in there. It's the games are going to be great, and I, I think get to the games. Don't worry about the fans. Just have them in there. Let them roll. Has the NCAA Scott uh, said whether or not for sure there would be fans in any of these venues? Uh, for sure, no. Uh, kind of the last mm-hmm. official release. You know, they were going to sort of determine that at, at a later date, probably just as they get closer to the actual tournament happening. But at least in Indiana, there have been fans at high school, right. limited fans, but lim- fans at high school basketball games. Um, when Illinois played at Indiana, you know, I guess a couple weeks ago or whenever that game was at this point. <laughs> uh, and there was maybe 50 people. I mean, there's not a ton, but there there have been fans at, at in, in Indiana. So I guess that opens the door a crack. Well, and another interesting component to all this, too, with the, the Big Ten tournament is, and again, I hate to kind of harp on the mental side of things, but what these college basketball players have done is just, I wouldn't say it's, again, it's not on the level of frontline workers and essential personnel throughout this whole pandemic. I get that. I'm not trying to compare them to people that work at hospitals or grocery stores or anything like that, but what they've done has been a huge sacrifice for a lot of them, and you have to think back too to, okay, we're talking the Big Ten tournament, and when I think of the Big Ten tournament now, kind of the first image that pops in my head is the Big Ten tournament in 2020 when Kevin Warren is canceling the tournament, and they're, they were talking initially of no fans at the games, and then the season just ends, and that whole mental weight that fell on everyone last March when it was kind of everyone understood the severity of what was going on, and oh my gosh, everything's changing so rapidly. I... I'm sure that will go through some players' heads as they go towards Indianapolis in March and some coaches' heads that the rug got pulled out from them last year in the same same city and, and their world's completely flipped onside their head. So that's another just another interesting component to, to everything they're having to juggle this season. And the Illini had one of the best, if not their best, practice last year the, in Indianapolis as they prepared for the Big Ten tournament and then had to get on the bus and come back home. Yeah, I mean that, that practice has taken on mythic proportions sure, at yes. this point. Is it bigger than the actual movie Hoosiers at this point, or is it? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe because <laughs> I mean, it was that Hankel, so I there think the, the the comparison can be made. But no, it, I mean everyone that was there just said that that they hadn't looked better all season, um, and they just kind of went at it for a couple hours, and you know they were still practicing. Like Brad Underwood knew that it was over. But practice wasn't over, so you just kind of still let them keep playing because they were, you know, playing so well. Uh, that was a weird moment, weird couple days there in March. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. We do have the phone lines open three five six nine three nine seven. Coming up tonight at seven is the Brad Underwood Show. Brian Barnhart and the Illini head coach Dion Thomas will also uh, be on, as will Justin Spring and uh, Natalie Walsh from the gymnastics programs at the U of I. We'll take a break now. We'll talk some uh, football, some more basketball, whatever else might be on your mind if you'd like to join us. And we're back with more here on DWS. Welcome back to the show. This is Monday Night Sports Talk, kind of hazardous here in the uh, <laughs> headphones studio. Are, headphones are dangerous, apparently. Did they just uh, rise up and poke you in the face yeah, and you tried to put them on? Uh, I feel like I got punched in the nose right there. Well, I'm, that, I'm good, though. This is hazardous duty here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Good thing we're not at the Esquire because so no one can see my eyes watering right now. <laughs> Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, yours truly Steve Kelly with you until 6. Phone line is open, 
Scott, what's new in the basketball recruiting front at the moment? Well, there could be some good news for Illinois tonight. Um, you know, emphasis on could. I mean, it seems like four-star wing uh, R.J. Melendez will commit to Illinois. Uh, he's announcing his decision at 7.45 p.m. on Instagram. So about 8.37. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope he's punctual. Uh, but uh, Illinois seems to be the, the leader, but recruiting is, you know, kind of a fickle beast sometimes. But it'd be, it'd be interesting if he does, in fact, commit to Illinois because uh, he's also from Puerto Rico. So uh, I think he's got a fairly good... Uh, idea of maybe the team he's joining, Andre Curbelo, Edgar Padilla Jr., both also from Puerto Rico. And one that's played with Padilla for one of the Puerto Rican uh, junior national teams two years ago now. Um, so he, he he knows them. And uh, Orlando Antigua, of course, is, you know, kind of the, the lead recruiter there. And he's obviously, you know, a big factor in Andre Curbelo picking Illinois. Tell us more about him, size-wise. What kind of player is he? Uh, 6'7", 195 pounds, so a bigger wing. Uh, but he's a, he does a little bit of everything for his high school team. He, you know, from Puerto Rico, but he plays for Central Point Christian Academy in uh, Kissimmee, Florida. They won a state title last year in the Sun, Sunshine Independent Athletic Association, which is kind of just the it's the IHSA of the those kind of the prep schools in Florida essentially uh top team in that association again this year um incomplete stats for him but essentially kind of averaging 20 points five rebounds a couple assists per game shoots it pretty well shot 40 percent from three last year shooting it really just as well this season so just gives them another option and he could play probably the two three or or some small ball four a little bit. The folks that are into stars, what is he, a four-star? Well, it's, he's, a, he's a mix of stars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, rivals in 24-7 sports have him as a three-star. Um, ESPN has him as a four-star. And then in the 24-7 sports composite, which is a combination of all the rankings, he's also a four-star. So I don't know what any of that really means. <laughs> Considered one of, I mean, one, of the, one of the better players in in the class of 2021, I suppose. Well, that way we can stop talking about just Luke Goody then if uh, RJ Melendez uh, commits. And Luke Goody's still having a great season for, for Homestead up in, uh, up in Fort Wayne. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely uh, maybe the leading contender for a state title. And I know that's at Luke's focus. And you know, Homestead won a state title six years ago. Um, had Caleb Swanigan, Jordan Geis on that team. Um, so maybe... Luke Goody, we'll, we'll get one of his own. What about uh, Namari Burnett, who is going to be trans- uh, has announced and entered the transfer portal? What, what are you hearing about him? Well, Illinois pursuing him pretty heavily. And in fact, uh, with the idea, I would assume that I would assume he won't be back for a senior season, which he surprised everyone a couple times already. So, yeah. but I'd be very like even I'd be shocked if he came back for year four. But you know. Murray Burnett didn't really – I mean, he played some at Texas Tech, did not have maybe the role he was expecting. But if Iowa is, in fact, gone, that opens the door for you know, some major minutes at kind of the combo guard position. And uh, Murray Burnett, you know, former five-star recruit, Chicago kid, even though he you know, finished his high school career out in California, it would be, be a good get for Illinois. If you guys had to vote today on 
the first team all Big Ten. I'm going to give you mine. Okay. If I can come up with five just off, because I hadn't planned on bringing this up, but right. I'm going with Io and Kofi, mm-hmm. Garza, Trace Jackson Davis, okay. and Marcus Carr. I like Marcus Carr a lot, and I'm basing this mainly, I, again... I didn't really do it by position, as you could tell. No, that's all right. I'm th- basing this on uh, Christmas night. I was, I think I was the only one here in the building uh, finishing up the sports section, and Iowa and Minnesota were playing up in Minneapolis, and Iowa had that game in the bag, and then Marcus Carr just took over mm-hmm. at the end of regulation and in overtime, and it was mighty impressive what he did. I know he struggled against Illinois when those two teams face each other and Illinois fans will get to see him again this Saturday when the Atlanta play up at Williams Arena in Minneapolis but he's he's mighty good Scott you can have a better ballot than I would though and I realize I didn't include anybody from Michigan yeah. or anybody from Ohio State and you know both those teams doing well both ahead of Illinois but uh, could you you want to argue with me on that or would you uh, take anybody in that group out well I mean the way I typically like to put like a first team together you know, it's in theory, you're supposed to choose five guys that could you know play together. Right. In the Big Ten, I think you're going to have to fudge it a little bit because there's just so many good bigs. But, I mean, Io, Kofi, Garza, and Luka Garza are locks, I think, to me at this point. Um, the next, I mean, Trace Jackson Davis has played really well. I don't know how you can leave him off. And then, like, essentially you're going to run Io in four centers, but... Like Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, I mean, he's been one of the I mean, he's the Big Ten freshman of the year. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. And you know, he's been one of the better players in the conference. I mean, Marcus Carr is a good choice. He has some games where he just kind of disappears. And like, EJ Liddell is having a good game. Yeah, year that was too. the one yeah. name that, that came yeah. to my mind is what do you do with EJ Liddell? I mean, his numbers aren't as good as any of the other forward slash centers. We mentioned, but he plays for the number four team in the country, how, and he's their best player. Uh, it's unfortunate you have to pick five. How much consideration when you're filling out a ballot like that, Scott, would you place on a guy like EJ Liddell, who's, I would say, arguably the top player on the fourth-ranked team in the country? And probably the most improved player. In the exactly. League. Versus a guy like Trace Jackson Davis on an Indiana team that they're going to have to have some things fall their way to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, there's a a fine line that you kind of have to consider, and it's not to the point yet where Trace Jackson Davis is putting up good stats on a bad team. Mm-hmm. He's putting up good stats on a average team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that is one thing to look at, and if I dropped him, I'd probably it'd come down to Marcus Carr, EJ Liddell as a replacement, and you can't go wrong necessarily no. with either of them. <laughs> Top, picking the top 15 might be a harder task. I mean, the, you could fill three teams pretty pretty easily in the Big Ten. Let's uh, bring Bob back into the conversation. Let's talk some college football. Bob, there's going to be some teams in the area playing college football this weekend, if you can believe that. Yeah, I, I might have to go. No, I can't. <laughs> I don't think I can go. I'd like to go. It's going to be awesome. I looked it up on TV. There will be some games on TV, uh, probably not as much as exclusive schools will like, but ISU's opening, I think they're opening this week. Eastern opens this week. Matt Scott will know this. Well, you wrote about uh, it, Bob, in Sunday's <laughs> paper. <laughs> you, know, you know, once I write the story, I kind of put it out of my head, so I'm moving on. But yeah, uh, one, of them, I can't remember, one of the schools is waiting for another week. 
But I think Ishu's got a good, got a good team. I think Eastern will be better, obviously, than 111. So it, it's pretty cool. The weather here has just been brutal for these guys. So practice, none of these people have indoor facilities. So they're working in, you know, gyms and whatever they can do. So it's really unfortunate. The weather has been was pretty good in January. Steve golfed, so it was good. But you you don't have that now. I mean, you can't go outside. So these guys are really going to be – the football should be interesting in the Midwest the first couple weeks of the season. It should be really cool. Might be a lot of, a lot of mistakes, a lot of fumbles, interceptions, and just bad play, but also really fun fun to watch play. Well, what I thought was interesting, Bob, in, in one of your stories you wrote uh, this past weekend when you talked to all four FCS schools in the state, Adam Cushing at Eastern Illinois – Brock Spack at, at Illinois State, Nick Hill at Southern Illinois, and, and Jared Elliott at Western Illinois is what Adam Cushing said about watching football this past fall with the FBS schools in the first few weeks of the season, and he could tell that the tackling was kind of not up to par, and I think that's what you're going to see probably in these first few weeks with FCS teams playing games, and then who knows what the offense is going to be like because, like you said, the weather conditions are going to be pretty unfavorable for a normal season yeah. opener. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. weird to think of it today, too, because it's a blizzard here in Champaign, but <laughs> in the, what, fourth or fifth iteration of IHSA guidelines for high school sports this school year, this was supposed to be the first day of high school football practice <laughs> for, <laughs> for a lot of teams, okay. if they would have started their season in early and March. still like only a couple to. of weeks away from yeah, that, Yeah, their right? practices are supposed to start, I think, March 3rd. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's just crazy to think that Champaign Central and Centennial could have potentially had their first football practice today outside in this mess. Well, the, uh, I doubt they would have been outside. Yeah, I know. I know. The, uh, the running team, running teams in the FCS are going to have a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you throw the ball around a lot, you're going to have a problem. I, you're right, Matt. Today you couldn't play, right? You just couldn't do it. You'd be, you're going to be three yards. I think I actually Coach Cushing said, Three yards in a cloud of dust is going to look pretty good. <laughs> Actually, more like three, three yards in a cloud, of, a cloud of snow or whatever. It, it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. But, again, I'm glad they're going to get to play. I, I felt bad. I assure Brock's back was really disappointed. They were supposed to open against Illinois they were five schedules ago. <laughs> and that was really important. That's a game they really look forward to, right? That's a game they love to play. And, and that, I hopefully the Illinois puts – puts ISU on the schedule down the road pretty soon. But I think that's that was sad that he couldn't play that game. And he had a great team that got basically wrecked by the equipment. Uh, they, they lost a lot of players. Guys opted out or decided to turn bro. But they're still going to be pretty good. It, it'll be fun. That's right. The tackling will be tr- uh, just dreadful probably for a while. They'll figure it out. I mean, a couple weeks in, they'll be fine. Speaking of tackling, what are you hearing about Illinois spring football? Not a whole lot. They're, uh, uh, Coach Bielema has this plan or the setup where they're going to do some uh, basically looking at the guy's body-wise and getting them all figured out kind of where they are. They'll do some uh, – they have a couple weeks or three weeks of that, two or three weeks of – I assume spring ball is going to be sometime in March, maybe you know March into April. And again, they they're going to have to find out what the parameters are, what the health people will let them do. Uh, I think they'll do some. I think it's important. Will there be fans there? I doubt it. Will there be media there? Probably not. 
So I think they're going to kind of keep them in the bubble as long as they can. But as all you guys have pointed out, everything is changing constantly. So the number of people in Champaign-Urbana right now vaccinated, I just looked, it's a crazy number how high it is. And that is that number kicks up a month from now, things could be a lot different in a better, in a really good way. So I'm just, I hope, I'm hoping they get to do it. I think they missed a lot last uh, last spring. I mean, last fall, not having spring ball. I think the teams were not nearly as sharp uh, in the Big Ten and beyond because they didn't have that extra 15 practices that are so important, especially to teams like Illinois that uh, trying to find some depth, trying to find some you know, guys that help them out right away. Well, a lot of people around the state uh, seem impressed and happy with the way things are going as far as Brett Biema and his staff reaching out to uh, coaches across the state. We had uh, Lauren and I had Howard Griffith on Saturday morning. He was he was real fired up about uh, what he's seen. Of course, he he watched uh, Matt Bielma, Matt or uh, <laughs> Brett Bielma, Matt <laughs> uh-huh. Daniels work at Wisconsin, and uh, he said it may not be. Uh, uh, Wisconsin of the South, and I said, what would be the matter with that <laughs> if you had something like that? But uh, he's pretty fired up about what he's going to bring to the program. Yeah, and I think what Bielema and his staff are, are doing, I know they've made a big deal about it on, on social media last week as they released maps of the state mm-hmm. of, of all the assistant coaches and the, the areas of, of Illinois that they're going to recruit, and, and they're making a big push to, to contact all the high school coaches in the state uh, via phone, and I know previous Illinois staffs have done similar type tactics with that, but just in terms of the optics of it and, and getting the word out there for people to to know about that, I think is mightily important. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to get you know uh, the top player from every high school in the state. That's pretty impossible in the state of Illinois that's recruited so heavily like they are. But just to to kind of generate some goodwill that seemed to have been lost in these last few years, I think is is a good step for for Bielum and his staff. It is five fifty four. Stand by, hold that thought, Bob. Need to take uh, one final break, and we'll do that and be back with more after this. Wrapping up a snowy Monday night show here as we head towards 6 o'clock. Bob, were you able to, through uh, three minutes there, hold that thought? I was. I was going to say, I think these guys are going to take some players from Illinois that they might not have gotten before uh, because of their efforts. I think... They're going to steal two or three or four or five guys that were going to go elsewhere because they're trying so hard. I think that's really critical. That's a good point. What are you working on this week, Bob? You mentioned you kind of teased off the top about a four-minute tease on the <laughs> on, on the story you're doing. You want to tease that again and tell us what else you're working on? Yeah, I'm doing a story on the uh, season ticket holders, kind of what their thoughts are, and I'm writing about uh, basketball. They're going to have a uh, watch party tomorrow. Alumni for Illinois is going to uh, do that tomorrow night. We'll write about that for Thursday and some more basketball, football later in the week. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Hope to see you soon, Bob. See you, guys. About 90 seconds before 6. Nice uh, couple of wins for the Illinois men's tennis team over the weekend. Yeah, one against the number one seed. Number one seed took uh, Brad Dancer's program defeated Southern Cal on Friday night. Lost to Baylor on, on Saturday at the ITA Indoor National Championship that was here at Atkins in Urbana uh, this past weekend and then beat Virginia uh, on Sunday in Virginia. Southern Cal are some of the class programs of, of college tennis. So uh, a good weekend for, for the Illini in that regard. Scott, you got any podcast you want to plug? <laughs> I do, in fact. Uh, episode 138 of Inside Illini Basketball is now available 
wherever you get your podcast. Special guest this week, uh, Jeff D'Alessio joined me cool. in the podcast booth. So uh, we talked all things Illini Hoops, including Io DeSumo as maybe the National Player of the Year. That's a good tease. It really is, because I, I think he's moving into the Big Ten Player of the Year. Scott's going to go, or Steve's going to go home and listen to this after driving nine and a half hours today just to get back here. <laughs> I might do that. I might listen on the way home. Thank you for making it. It might take me back. that long to get home. I, about 4.30 or so, I was panicking you weren't going to come back, and I was going to have to no, run I told the show. You, I told you that I'd be in touch. You were you were good. And uh, I didn't want to call or text while I was driving just to be safe, but... Uh, and I had a problem, you would have known it. No, the best part of the show is coming up because I get to see photos of your grandson now. That's so, right. Hey, go. appreciate you listening. Thanks to Ed Bond as well on WDWS Champagne Urbana. This is Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody.